Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the show that looks back at albums, movies and video games to ask anyone for seconds. I am not your host, Dave. I am actually occasional participant, Matt. But is Dave there lurking in the background? I am here. I am there. I am everywhere. I am love. I am life. I am Dave. (laughs) You've got me on the Discord server. Why? It is the night before the Snyder Cut. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. So as part of international rules, it is mandatory viewing to watch the Snyder Cut tomorrow? Yes. But I thought you'd be good for us to have a little chat as to our aspirations, our hopes and dreams for the Snyder Cut, as this has got to be one of the highest profile, essentially director's cuts with a difference to come out of Hollywood in a very long time. So I kind of want to have a little chat about it before we actually sit down tomorrow and watch it. Because otherwise we'll spend probably an hour talking about it before we put on this four-hour film. We should probably mention as well, it's all keeping in with COVID guidelines and social bubbles. Yeah, and if the internet tries to get hold of us, that's illegal because two metres. <laughs> so where do you want to start? Well, I think we should carry on from our initial discussion on one of your mini-sodes from many, 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 many weeks ago yeah, where the original Snyder Cut trailer dropped and I went, yep, I'm down for that. And you went, nah, not interested. Is your opinion still exactly the same? Or has it evolved? The Snyder Cut is a weird one because initially I was kind of, well... Well, you can't really polish a turd. You can only really add flavouring to it. The more I've seen of it, however, and the more kind of things I have read about it, and obviously with that absolutely girthy runtime of four hours, or three minutes 52 in the UK and Europe, because frame rates, that's a thing. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm officially, I'm not necessarily on board, but I am interested to see the variations of the the two films, given that the original Justice League was not exactly what I wanted. So to take your metaphor, I think the thing that's making us a little bit different is he's actually put that turd back into the mixing bowl and added more ingredients. So okay. it's diluting the turd. Oh, <laughs> Our metaphors are just awful. We need to yeah. move away from Begin. those. You started it. I should probably start with metaphors so they not end up as dirty as what yours do. <laughs> but no, essentially, initially we were we were told that he'd been given an amount of money just to pull together all the existing footage that he'd made to then sort of release this in some manner. However, as the months passed, we, we've discovered that he not only was given a small sum of money, they, they kept giving him more and more money. And now I think the budget's sunk absolutely obscene. It's all, I think the amount of money he's putting into it now almost matches the original budget, does it not? I've actually got the pages open. So the original budget for the Whedon cut was $300 million. Mm-hmm. Whereas the budget for this one is estimated an extra $70 million on top. Okay. And that's right. with new reshoots and with post-production CGI and that sort of stuff. I think he may have played it a bit faster than loose with the turn reshoots as well. It wouldn't surprise me. Going, 
yeah, this is just a reshoot. And he's probably actually just filmed brand new scenes, knowing how cheeky he is. And he's obviously not on too good of terms with Warner Brothers anyway. So maybe you thought, hell, I've been given the cash. I'm just going to do this my way, especially if the actors are on board. And it seemed like across every actor that's come back and worked with them again, have been happy to do so. No one's sort of mentioned, yeah, I did this because I was contractually obligated. They all seem to be quite passionate about working with them again, which is interesting. Mm. What's your read on that? The fact that they even come back at all. I I remember reading a thing not long ago saying that, oh, if Warner Brothers hadn't given them the go-ahead for obviously reshoots and things, saying to uh, Ben Affleck and Jared Leto, oh, we'll, we'll film this stuff in secret. The studio doesn't have to know. We would do it for no money and, and things like that. But obviously they gave him the money and they did it. So that pretty much shows that they're 100% into the project. And I think as well, given that it's kind of been a bone of contention, especially with Affleck, given that he's now left the role, but, uh, it but wasn't exactly he... what... No, he has. You know he has. They've recast Yeah, but, but the interesting thing, like you say, is they've got a person come back who's gone, I absolutely have left this role and will not. Well, not only did they get him back, they got Leto back. And he himself said, you really screwed me over with Suicide Squad. Um, I really don't want to do this. But as soon as um, Snyder was like, hey, come on, mate. And he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm in. I'm doing this. <laughs> it, it, it goes to tell you either, either they really like this dude or they really believe in what his original vision was. I'm very intrigued to see it. And I'm curious to know how much of that 70 million went on to Mustache. Here's, here's the thing, right? <laughs> Okay. Now we're talking about the mustache. Let's talk mustache for a minute. So my understanding of the film is that all of the mustache stuff is post Snyder. It's all I hate saying his name now because he's a massive shit. It's all weed and stuff. The worst scene with the mustache was the very first scene of Justice League, which was was made to look like a couple of bystanders were recording Superman on like a cell phone, and that whole thing was added in well after just to go. Yeah, and Superman a bro and how everybody misses him. And that was arguably the worst shot because it's the close-up of his face. Whereas yeah. throughout the remainder of the film, it wasn't too obvious to me. But that one close-up was super obvious. And as I said to you at the time, I was going, okay, they wouldn't let him shave his moustache, they being uh, the producers of Mission Impossible. Love that film, yeah. by the way. He um, reloads his biceps. Yes, he does. I would have just gone, okay... Based on, and here's going to be my logic, Superman was dead. Dead people's hair still grows for a period of time. Plus he's an alien. Why not just have him come back looking a scruffy bastard? Why wouldn't his hair have grown? You could initially could have had him with like a beard and that, and then later on in the film had a shave. And that could have simply have been after the Mission Impossible time. That I would have just justified it in universe. And that's why he's in a black suit, because he's not had a shave. And as soon as he has a shave, he can be in his traditional colours. See, I could have wrote this film. <laughs> yeah, you were about to illuminate me on the moustache. Like I said, uh, from what I gather, a lot of the moustache stuff is obviously weed and stuff. So everything kind of in the snagger cut is all pre-moustache, pre-beard, pre-facial hair. 
Uh, and I imagine that uh, Zack Snyder as well has cancelled. Not a single second of footage from the other version that's not mine will be used in the film. So it would be interesting to see how much of that other uh, footage does make it in. I would assume, not having been involved in any movie productions, on the, the tins of film or the memory card um, things, whoever it is they work nowadays, it probably says... Uh, you know, like um, in the old things, you get those snap decks, don't you? Uh, yeah. Snap boards. Imagine yeah. it's probably labelled like that on the physical film or the actual SD cards. And if it said reading on it, you probably just lit it on fire. <laughs> um, I'm really pleased and looking forward to this. And um, the thing is, we keep calling it the Snyder Cup, but I actually quite like the the official release name for it because it's so pompous. Have you Have you read it? What Zack Snyder's Justice League? Yeah, I love that. That's oh. so it's so up his own ass. I think that's brilliant. So here's the thing with Zack Snyder, is that he can be really pompous and up his own ass. I mean, the name of the film itself for this new, bigger, longer, extended version pretty much says that. But on top of that, if you look at his back catalogue, so things like Man of Steel, I mean Batman vs Superman, I mean Sucker Punch. If you want to get, you know really technical about it and even you know his super duper ultimate extended version of the watchmen which i reviewed many many months ago on a grand day out podcast i don't know if you've seen it or heard it you know the one with the uh extended tales of the black freighter in it that is the one and only version i have not yet seen i've not seen the version with the uh the tales in it i'd seen the theatrical the extended but i had not seen the Extended Plus. Yeah, the Extended Plus. I like, don't get me wrong, I love The Watchmen. It's a fantastic book. And I do agree in some aspects that it is kind of unfilmable. But it was the fact that he was so slavish to the page and so kind of, he was kind of stuck in his ways that he didn't really want to put his own spin on it except for slow motion. Um desaturate the colours and, you know... I I kind of liked his Watchmen. In the theatrical cut, there was one thing I didn't like, and that was um, Owlman and I can't remember his name, and um, the Siren Lady getting it off on a floating um, owl spaceship thing in the sky. I was a bit like, this is odd and far too far out. But the bit I did like is how he tweaked the ending ever so slightly. Rather than it yeah. being a giant death squid uh, Shimagora type thing, it was more, um, was it an atomic blast or something? In the film, they changed it that it was Dr. Manhattan. Oh, spoilers, by the way. Uh, Dr. Manhattan causes the the uh, atomic explosion. Yeah, that, that, that made a lot more sense to me. It felt more in fitting to me. And I, and I have read the, uh, the graphic novel because you let me. <laughs> yeah. About sucker Punch. I, I actually quite like Sucker Punch. I took it at face value and went, here are over the top video game sequences. Yeah, tick tick the box for me, fine. So here's my other thing with Zack Snyder as well. Is that it seems to be he can't make a good theatrical film. In the uh, sense that I mean that all of his releases that ever come out at the theatre are generally not that good. It's always when there is an extended cut or a director's cut or whatever. 
you know, that come out that kind of, it basically bolsters the film. Do you reckon that maybe he would be a good TV director because he'd have eight to ten episodes to tell a story and he wouldn't be constrained by time? I mean, yes. I think given that the Justice League, kind of his idea of it from Man of Steel all the way through was kind of, it's going to be a five-film story and it's all going to be different chapters because Justice League is going to be like a trilogy. It's come out within the last sort of week or so while he's been doing uh, press tours, well, online press tours and things like that, kind of, which some crazy ideas he had. I think definitely TV would have probably worked for him, but I think he's so up his own ass that he wants to be a film director. Because film is, in in some ways, is still seen as quite prestigious. I know that TV is now getting that way with the dawn of obviously streaming services like Netflix, HBO Max, Paramount Plus to a lesser extent, uh, Amazon Prime, and don't things like that. that. Don't you be bringing up that Paramount Plus shit again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's I honestly think that's the case. Yeah, everybody will go back and say that everybody will go back and say like Dawn of the Dead or Three Hundred are his best films, and I think they're his first films. Like, what did he do before that? I think he did music videos, so he's done music videos for ZZ Top, Morrissey, uh, Soul Asylum, Alexander O'Neill, and people like that. So maybe Short Burst is probably where he's best suited because whenever he does a film, they just long <laughs> yeah yeah but then i don't mind the long okay then you don't like the name of the film how do you how would you entitle this film if Zack snyder's justice league is not up your alley how would you call this why don't you just call it justice league director's cut or call it justice league the snyder cut or something why don't you capitalize on the fact that this internet movement for lack of a better word basically got their own way yeah could do or i suppose you could have could have called it justice league 2 and then it could have started part way in with um doc and marty jumping out the law and going we've got to go back and then superman flies around the earth really quickly backwards <laughs> and then the film does, I mean, does, gets a do over that way i mean yeah i mean that's already probably a better intro than what the film's gonna have uh, well i, I well, it can't be worse than a close-up on a cell phone showing someone with some freaky upper lip, can it? Going, we miss you, freaky upper lip man. I don't know, even the race at the end kind of shows off the really dodgy lip. It's really obvious in that. Yeah, and now it's a Whedon thing. And, and arguably with that, do you reckon in the Snyder Cut we'll get that? And it just, and it just cuts to like Superman doing like a clothesline on the Flash to win? No. No? <laughs> oh, no. That's a shame. But I think now's the best bit, wasn't it, of um, the theatrical Justice League was the bit where, and I think I said this in the last mini so, where the Flash literally shits himself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Superman's <laughs> resurrected and he's proper pissed. He's got like Wonder Woman in a choke cold. He's like booted Batman. Aquaman's been tired. So the Flash is like, oh yeah, I'll just run around him really quickly. I'm not entirely sure what I can do, but I'll run around him really quickly. And you see Superman's eye twitch. And like start moving at super speed, and you're like, yes, because the flash's expression is like, oh fuck. 
and it's brilliant because that's interesting in, in these films you never actually as far as i can recall see superman they don't show him moving super fast or they don't like in say the flash tv show they just do motion blur to go yeah he's moving super quick but in the film i don't think you ever have any sort of effect to indicate that he does have super speed he never seems to go that quick as far as i can recall which is another question for you have you rewatched theatrical justice league in preparation no because twice is enough thank you very much yeah i must admit i must admit i haven't rewatched it either and once was enough for me i watched it initially when it came out on dvd and blu-ray because at that time i wasn't doing many cinema trips and i watched it on blu-ray and i was like this is fine it's not what I wanted. People are going to like it. It's a really sort of bland take on the MCU, on the MCU basically. Yeah. Because obviously it's got that MCU influence from, say, Whedon. It wasn't necessarily what I wanted from it, but I can see people liking it. And then the second time I watched it, well, it was technically the second time. Well, it was even. It was only half of it, to be honest. Because I couldn't take any more of it, and yeah. that was that was Christmas just gone because it was on terrestrial TV. There was nothing else on. I was like, I'm I'm going to see whether this stands up for a second watch. They had already announced at this point that the the Snyder Cat was coming. So I say I keep saying it like that. I I understand that people are really passionate about this thing. I'm just kind of meh. Well, that's the thing. If it does really well, I'd be curious to see what other things we get come out of the woodworks, where there's lots of footage in um, studios that could be unleashed upon the world. But yeah, I would say, having seen the Justice League in the cinema... Oh, God, you poor sod. Well, why not? But also, I was kind of like, why are they reviving Superman? Batman's going that he misses him and like the whole world needs him. I'm going, why? Everything seems okay. Granted, a bit shitty, but it was a bit shitty before. There's nothing going on that requires him. And arguably, Wonder Woman had completely bossed... Um, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf, thank you. Yeah, she'd completely bossed them by herself with Aquaman helping. It's like, they had it covered. They didn't need a revived Superman, so it didn't quite work in theatrical Justice League. You're like, why are you going through this effort to revive this guy when actually mm. you're hunky-dory? Yeah. You've got it covered? Don't worry about it. Yeah. And the other thing that I know they won't answer in this is like, why can't Diana go back to um, her island? What's it called? Wonder Wonder Island? Themyscira? Why can't you go back there? I know they say it in one of the films going, like, once you leave, you can never return. But I'm like, why? Because it's part of the law. But, but is it? I'm pretty sure in the comic book, she's got a throne there and she chills out there. I don't know. Wonder Woman is one of these really weird comic book characters where it's been retconned. Her origins have been retconned so many times and, and her lore mm. has been retconned so many times now within its, uh, I think, the 70-year-old character. Yeah, it's kind of hard to know what, what the current kind of uh, status quo is with her. Because last time I read Wonder Woman was during, uh, it was pre-New 52, it was during the J. Michael Straczynski run and I only picked it up because, get this right, people. Right. Are you on the edge of your seats? Revolutionary new, revolutionary new character thing. She wore trousers and a leather jacket. Oh, I didn't know about the leather jacket bit. <laughs> yeah, 
he wore trousers and leather the jacket. press just focused on the trousers. I completely missed the jacket bit. Yeah, she wears a jacket Fucking as well. Fucking hell. I'm pretty sure I've got the book somewhere. I will have to dig them out. But yeah. Um, no, no, no. Even. No, no even can't. it's then, not permitted. No, <laughs> even then. Even then, I, I can't even remember what what her law was, and that was supposed to be a jumping on point before it inevitably got rebooted. I think that was the time when they decided she wasn't made from clay. I think that was the time they were just going, she's the daughter of Zeus or part daughter of Zeus because Zeus put it about with anybody and everybody. But I could be wrong. So come on, so what do you hope? Right, let's get into the meat of it now. What do you hope will either be fixed, addressed, or what would... Yeah, so let's go with what would you like to see fixed? And then later on, we'll come to what you think should be added. So what do you reckon should be fixed? Like, do you want the plot fixed or are you happy with it as is? I think we're both in agreement. We want the moustache fixed. <laughs> Steppenwolf, from what I recall, see, I should have watched it really to really give myself a uh, discussion. Mm-hmm. God help me. Um, so from what I understand, Steppenwolf in the theatrical cut is just your basic. Uh, it's a basic bitch. For lack, yeah. yeah, for lack of better phrasing, he is a basic bitch bad guy. He wants to take over the world because he's evil. Well, he sort of indicates that he wants the mother box for his master, and I don't think they even name check him. But it's like they they allude to that. He tried to get the mother box before, and he'd been defe- defeated by the Amazonians, and it was either Zeus or one of the other gods that was kicking about at that point. The Atlanteans and the Olympian gods. I've got the page open. Trust me on this. I think it was Gerald Butler was at the front and he like booted him in the chest or saying and shouted, this is Sparta. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Yeah, and then later on, he just comes back and has another go. And I think they were trying to imply that they'd heard over the space radio, Superman is dead. It's a free-for-all. But he decided to wait like a year, year and a half. Uh, before giving it a go, and then was promptly got his ass kicked anyway by Wonder Woman and Aquaman, and a bit like, okay, so you're going through all this effort for the mother box, and you only would know given you'd only know anything about the mother box if you'd watched the extended Batman versus Superman, where Lex Luthor gets a very brief glimpse in the the computer thing in the bubble bath, where it's sort of showing him like glyphics or something which allude to Dark Side, and it shows an image of a mother box. Yeah. Um, which is why at the very end, um, uh, Lex Luthor says um, he's coming, or I own Facebook or saying I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but otherwise, it's just like this dude's turned up for no reason to get this box for reasons we're not entirely sure about, and the box can do things, but we're not entirely sure what other than make um, cyborg. Yeah, cyborg. They almost have as like a parallel to the vision to go he's been made or partially made with a, a weird space thingy which gives him inside knowledge and abilities but we're not really going to give you much more explanation than that that's a really good shout actually i hadn't even thought of that i wonder if that was a whedon ism because obviously whedon wrote Cut pretty much all the cyborg stuff yeah he wrote and directed obviously age of ultron and essentially the thing with the Age of Ultron, Vision is created from using the mind, though? 
it's so much that when Ultron's doing a, a backup restore to the new body, which is essentially Vision's body, I think it gets to like 49% complete. And then what they did was they uploaded the remainder as being Jarvis, but they were yes. saying that Ultron was based partially off blueprints of weird spaceship from the Mind Stone. That's and they were the building one. that new computer AI, and then it identified itself as Ultron. Um, That's the one. By uh, or James Spader. So Whedon obviously working on both of them. It's quite interesting to see that obviously Warner Brothers were really pushing to be a an Avengers kind of clone. Which is a mistake. Yeah, and obviously when in copying the the MCU, they obviously copied the big bad. I mean, arguably, none of the big bads in the MCU are that good, except from Thanos, arguably Loki, because they have characters. I mean... It's because they reappear. Yeah, but look at a character like Malekith the Dark Elf. Oh, poor Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, what was his motivation? I'm evil! Well, his motivation was to get the, the red stone. It, the ether, sorry, but Yes. Yeah, uh, his motivation is, I'm going to get this, and then that'll kill everything in the universe. And I always find that very peculiar to go, you're clearly quite depressed. However, I don't quite see the solution is to destroy everything. That doesn't quite, that's just a step too far. Mm. I can understand Thanos doing it, but then again, I liked what they did with his character going, he's not doing it to impress death, who is a physical manifestation in his mind um, as Lady Death, essentially. Whereas they went, they they changed that for the films to go, no, we're not going to have a physical manifestation of death that this dude's got a crush on, and that he's trying to impress her. No, he's doing it for practical reasons, but clearly he's a little bit of a sociopath. But yeah, and and while you hear behind the scenes, we've all read in the papers about Ray Fisher's issues with Josh Whedon uh, on set, you kind of go... I really want to know how much they cut because you go, they cast Joe Morton to play his uh, father who acts as like the professor analyzing the mother box. And you're like, that Mm. was like almost what a five minute sequence. You're like, there must've been a lot more to it. Hell, even in the trailers, you see him like playing like American soccer. No, 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 no. American football. And none of that appears in the actual movie, does it? And you're like, so I'm Mm. curious what, what more there is there because apparently well essentially cyborg should just know what's going on but as far as i recall the justice league he gets a bit conflicted he has to overwrite his programming a little bit you just don't get a lot from him like he doesn't get a moment where he picks up molnir if he'd had an equivalent moment like that maybe he would have gone ah cool Mm. so one of the things i would like to see addressed is um the flash what was his purpose in that film to appear as a floating head in in the other film? Yeah, so firstly, I want to see him time travel a bit. I want to see Grant Gustin appear when he time travels, because if it happens in the show, I want to see in the movie, even if it's a blink and you miss it thing. Just want to see him have a purpose. You see his head appear in Batman versus Superman from the future, because his uniform is slightly different, but you never actually see him make that step okay, that could happen in an inevitable Flash movie that probably won't happen. And I'm like, if Snyder's been filming shit, maybe he just filmed this thing, showing the Flash come back from that dystopian future nightmare thing. Um, Perhaps I'll be down for that. Give me some of that. Because also, 
I just he didn't really contribute anything other than running really fast at the end to save civilians and you're like yeah that's useful however all of those civilians now have whiplash from you super speeding them everywhere <laughs> i mean yeah i can't i can't argue with that yeah the other thing i'm hoping for is some more um alfred i really like jeremy irons and i think he was a great alfred because unlike the other alfreds this guy clearly has an attitude problem, loves a drink, like sitting there sipping on whiskey on the like the command console, just giving shit to Batman in his ear. I'm like, yes, I love this from this Alfred. I just love that he's able, and you see him actually with his sleeves rolled up, working on the Batmobile, doing stuff, having a good old drink, throwing out sarky remarks to himself. I'm like, yeah, I like that. Okay, I liked Michael Caine to an extent as Alfred. However, as we all know, Christian Bale was not Batman. That was not Batman. There's only really two more bits kind of from the Snyder Cut that I'm looking forward to seeing, shall we say. Dystopian Future? The Dystopian Future, yeah, is definitely one of them with all the Parademon. And I just, what's that about? Obviously, it's a glimpse into the future. There was clearly a story there that Snyder was aiming for, but there's, I'm, I think in the final cut, it literally appears for about three minutes or stupid yeah, like that. Quite likely, because it's, is it like an Elseworlds future? Yeah, I'm assuming so. I take it as very much like a parallel universe, like Injustice Gods Among Us, where set up for that and spoilers as well. Uh, in one strand of the universe, um, the Joker kills Lois Lane and Superman is quite chill about it. In another string, he makes this different decision, which is to punch into the Joker's chest and rip out his heart, and then decides, you've killed the only woman I love, this world's shit, and he goes full-on dystopian overlord and turns the world to absolute shit, which is pretty cool, because he goes to show, like, I think it's been discussed in multiple things, and I think it was actually discussed on the sequelizers this week or the week preceding. It's extremely easy to be a villain, it takes a lot of effort to be a hero. And when you're the most powerful being in existence, it's very mm. difficult to not be tempted. And this Superman in that parallel universe, faced upon his his beloved Lois Lane of 100 years being murdered by the Joker, just rips the Joker's heart out. You're like, yes, nice. all right, high five. And the only way Batman, I think, manages to escape everything is that the Batcave's lead-lined and uh, Superman doesn't know where he lives. That sounds about right, too. Yeah. Well, he's Batman, isn't he? He's thought about it. He's had time to prep. So, yeah, dystopian future. I'm up for that. And um, Well, I'm curious in the dystopian future thing, are we going to see Darkseid do some Darkseid full-on evil shit? Maybe we'll see him like rip off um, the Flash's head or something. Cool. Just to go, this guy's a bad guy before it jumps to current universe just to go this is a bad guy this is how we know he's a bad guy and you should be feared he rips off people's heads so with the dark side stuff i want to know how much there is i know there has been a big push in the marketing for it because why the hell wouldn't you yeah but given that this whole story essentially we're getting his what would have been it would have been his introduction for later on films down the line because again Snyder saw it all as a five-part series with Justice League being a trilogy. So you can only. So I want to know how much there was 
kind of what foreshadowing there was going to be for the for the next films. See how because I know a lot of people the whole thing of oh it's Thanos, oh it's Dark Side kind of comparisons all the time. They're pretty much interchangeable at this point. So it'll be interesting to see the DC kind of take on it, a more darker take. Yeah, I'd agree. It'll be interesting to see how he's portrayed. Does he do anything? Does he invade? Is he just chilling on a throne somewhere, playing with an empty glove? Yeah. So arguably, the only incarnation I've ever seen of him, dark side this is, is in Superman the Animated Series, which run from 96 to the year 2000. I think it was done possibly by the people who did Batman the Animated Series. Am I, I believe it is. I believe that is correct. Yeah. So he was always kind of seen in the background as like a shadowy figure kind of manipulating things. You know, kind of what Thanos did in the MCU films, because a lot of the time he didn't really do anything. He was manipulating. So it'll be interesting to see their variant and take on how hands-on he gets because Darkseid is quite known within the comics for being a more hands-on Yeah, so you were mentioning that you only saw him in the late 90s show he actually makes an appearance in the new 52 animated TV movies that Warner Brothers did recently, they did a whole run of new 52 inspired animated things and he's in the very first animated movie which is called Justice League War Yes, and he's the villain in that and he's brilliant in that he just bosses the entire thing. And I think it's only by pure fluke that the Justice League is able to form because they weren't a thing and overpower him long enough to set him on his way. And in Justice League War, the best moment is where Batman steals the Green Lantern's ring just by slipping it off his hand because he's Batman and the Green Lantern's like, how did you do that? And he's like, he doesn't actually say because I'm Batman, he just gives him like a dirty smile. But I love that animated thing because you've got like Sean Astin as Shazam yeah. Because he's everywhere. And Michelle Monaghan is Wonder Woman. Because in every other instalment, she's played by Rosario Dawson. Yes, because we were speaking about it the other night because it all came up online. I sh- I think I shared a meme with you or something and people were like, oh, we remember her from from Daredevil. And you were like, no, I remember her as Wonder Woman. I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you were like, and then I... well, she's thing from Clerks too. Yeah. Yeah, and then I went on about um, kids, didn't I? And then we had a whole discussion about that. Yeah. But that's not for this podcast. That's for no, another one no, 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 no. at some point. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you're not seeing kids, seek it out. It's very good, if slightly not aged very well. It's still very good, though. So, yeah, be curious to know whether Darkseid is pulling the reins or whether he's hands-on. Additionally, mm-hmm. depending on what they do with Darkseid, I'd like to know what they do with Steppenwolf. Do they flesh him out a bit more? Because I, I think I mentioned last time that Kieran Hines did an interview where he's like, they dropped a lot of my dialogue and stuff, and this was not what I signed on for. Yeah. So I'm curious if he's got more purpose or if he's arguably more of a threat to justify bringing back Superman. Probably. Well, we we will see. We will we will find out. Not long left. <laughs> and I think <laughs> the final thing as well. I'm looking forward to seeing not necessarily it fixing is seeing how this film was going to then spin off into its own universe. So I think mm. we spoke before about when the initial Snyder Cut thing was uh, announced. I'm not sure whether it made it into the episode, but there was a whole slew of spin-offs and solo films all spinning out of this one film. 
because we were going to get a cyborg film, we get a Green Lantern Corps film, we were going to get, we got Aquaman, but how a different version of Aquaman possible. Well, Wonder Woman had already been out, but we were going to get a different Wonder Woman film, and we were going to get The Flash, and different version of Shazam and things like that. It will be interesting to see how it leads into them, and yeah. most importantly, mm-hmm. what would have been the lead-in to Ben Affleck's Batman film, which I still think is a missed opportunity and probably would have been most excellent. Yeah, if I could jump into a parallel universe just to watch that film, yeah, because I could probably state outright probably be the best Batman film ever. Because I do think <laughs> Aff- the limited amount of what I saw of Ben Affleck's Batman and Batman versus Superman, yeah, I want a Batman film. We're going to ignore what I saw in the Justice League because there's so much variance that it didn't quite make sense tonally. So hopefully this corrects that. And again, aspirations. I know they'll never make any more films in this thread, but, but I hope they do actually. But I'd be curious mm-hmm. to know whether any of these subsequent films coming out, based off what this film does, adjust tonally to match it and carry it on spiritually, or whether they'll just do their own things independent. Henry Cavill has said outright, yeah, I want to come back as Superman. And I know they're talking about casting a new Superman, but kind of like, I wouldn't mind Henry Cavill coming back, even if he just cameos in the Black Adam film. We know Black Adam's happening because the has been posting on his uh, Instagram daily about getting even bigger. <laughs> for I think it. they're building I think they're building sets right now I remember seeing photos he's building set. his biceps that's for damn sure <laughs> they've been trying to get the flash made for so long at least the lead actor has been trying to get the flash made for so long and as soon as The Rock went I want to be Black Adam they're like fuck yeah and then he's able to get this film made quite quickly and the flash has been going there for like five years now or whatever I want a solo flash film like are we going to do this We've signed on all these people. Can we do this? And it's like, drops like, yeah, so we're going to do Black Adam. They're like, fuck, drop everything. We're doing the Black Adam film here. Fuck, we don't even need Shazam in this. We're doing a Black Adam film. And again, based on the limited amount of things I know about Black Adam, I don't see how he could fit into the Shazam film that we'd had previously based on the tonality. Shazam's not really a character that I had a lot of love for. Anyway, I mean, I saw the film because it's it was something film. to watch, and it's a film. And I, for what it's worth, I quite enjoyed Shazam. But well, yeah, I, yeah, I completely I, agree a... with you. Mm. Sorry, I was going to say I enjoyed it because I had zero expectation. Yeah, I only enjoyed it because I'm like, okay, that was mildly entertaining, but that's not what I wanted. I didn't know really what I wanted, but that's. If they make a sequel and it's just the same sort of thing, I won't be watching that. Yeah. I can't see uh, Zachary Levi facing off against The Rock and take it seriously at all. Just like, no. So I'm curious to see if if any of these subsequent subsequent films do actually course correct yeah, or I reference or, or whether they outright go the different, go a different route to go, to outright go have maybe an intro about multiverses or something to say, you're aware of this, but over here in this other multiverse, you know, whether they try and double down on the whole worlds of DCs, which is what they've renamed their cinematic universe, are they going to try and emphasise that more in subtle ways that we're aware of to go, this is this, but it's in parallel to this or something, and not necessarily, like, say when they bring out the Batman, like, we know the Batman with Sparkly Boy is going to be a complete standalone thing, 
will not feed into anything else. The same as we know that the same as we know that the Joker isn't going to appear in anything else played by uh, Phoenix. He's just just not going to happen. Even just have a logo saying Worlds of DC, just to go. We are going to do stories and sequels, but they're not all going to fit into this. I, I wouldn't mind that, but I'd like them to maybe just push that a bit more if they're going to keep that label, or just drop that label outright and just don't don't do what they've done, which was like I watched Harley Quinn and a Fantabulous Fantabloso. Elephant Man or whatever the fuck it was called. And I was so disappointed for the amount of characters they had pulled into that from sort of the Batman and other franchises similar. I was so disappointed by that. I'm like, no, I actually don't want you to do this anymore. How there's a standalone and don't mix characters because you just can't seem to do anything justice. Just, just... Justice. Yeah, that's what that film needed. It needs some justice. It needed Batman mm. to swoop down and twat some people is what it bloody needed. <laughs> Thinking, who the fuck is shooting up Mike Gotham? So, what would you score or Theatrical Justice League out of 10? Theatrical Justice League, it's fine. It's inoffensive. Mm. It's a solid 6 out of 10 or 2 out of 5. It's generic. It's bland. It's nothing special. It's just fine. If you didn't know what was supposed, what it was going to be, and you watched it one day when it was on TV, you have no background with the characters or anything that's come before, it's fine. Okay. Um, what do you think the um what do you think the what you, um what do you think Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to score out of ten? And then we're gonna revisit this afterwards. Okay. Do you, do you reckon it's gonna match that six? Whack out to a seven or smash it? Because it's got a fucking long enough runtime to do that. Uh, depends how depends how much up his own ass he goes. Like uh, if he goes really up his ass, it will be knocked down a point. So so hang on, uh, let's put this on the scale. So if you're saying really up his ass is like three hundred, right? And so not if as far up re- his ass is like Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, basically. So if he doesn't go really far up his own ass. I can see it being a solid A. I don't think it's going to be perfect. I think it's still going to have problems. If he goes up his own ass, the problems are going to be just more. So I can see it being taken down to about a four or a five. Oh, so you think it could be worse than the theatrical cut? It's a longer runtime, but longer does not necessarily mean that it is good. Example, have you heard of a film called Caligula? As in Greek legend? Uh, Romans, kind of, yeah. It's so Caligula fine at this point. Yeah. So Caligula <laughs> is a film from 1979, which is an erotic historical drama. Folk, this is from Wikipedia, by the way, focusing on the rise and fall of the eponymous Roman emperor Caligula, and is quite well renowned and known for it being the only feature film be to be produced by men's magazine Penthouse. <laughs> and Penthouse, for those of you not in the known, is a softcore pornographic magazine that combines urban lifestyle articles with it's that, an which eventually evolved like, into hardcore. Yeah, it's an equivalent of like um, Playboy and from Hugh Hefner, yeah? I think most folk yep. would be more familiar with that. Pretty much. But I'm I'm going off on a tangent here. So, yes, what was your point? So there's... there's actually several different versions of Caligula. 
because of because they kind of uh they made it as a really really quite serious i'm probably going to revisit this in an episode way 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 down the line because i have seen it and it's fucking awful uh, so they kind of made it as a serious kind of uh, biopic. So there is a version of it where it is that. But then because obviously it's Penthouse, Penthouse have gone along and gone... <laughs> You've had to tell me there's a porno version. You, you, you need to stick some porn in that. And kind of the producers <laughs> went... Yeah, what? sure, we'll just get our serious actors to do a porn. There is a cut version, which is the un- the not hardcore version which runs at about, I think it's about an hour, 45, two hours. But there is an uncut, extended version, which is roughly about two and a half hours, and it features a lot of hardcore pornography. We're talking, like, proper explicit. We're talking penetration and cum shots and things like that, uh, for lack of better words. So... Anyway, the point I'm trying to get to, just because the film is longer, does not necessarily mean it is better. In the case okay. of Caligula, so, the porn does not make it better. <laughs> so, so we really need to put you on like an English course where you get better at metaphors, because every time you bring up a metaphor or point of reference, is the absolute dregs. So to combat that, to combat your dregs, I have an equivalent. Yeah, Sometimes please, please. longer is better. Take The Lord of the Rings Extended. Okay. Every one of those films, so Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King, their extended versions are far better than the theatrical. Okay, yeah, I can, I, I, yeah. Yeah, But then on the same side of the coin, The Hobbit extended editions. Yeah, but unfortunately, the base level films of The Hobbit were quite poor to start with. (laughs) So then give you one back, I would say Aliens. That's, that's at least 45 minutes longer than its theatrical cut, and it's great. Mm, it is. This is true. Now, please please, please get rid of the clicker out of my head, and can, can we just go watch this fucking film now? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm waiting. I've got, like... All right. Yeah, All right. Oh, so just ground rules. Okay. No breaks. Christ. Okay. I need, I need a stretch moment two hours in, though. Yeah, or is that what you're thinking? You don't want to do four hours continuous. You want to go, right, we're an hour in, take a break, two hours in, or just go, ah, oh, Snyder's up his backside at this moment, that this is a take-a-walk <laughs> moment. I'm willing to sit there for two hours at a time each time. I need a break in the middle. This could just be is... like a three-hour epic battle sequence with Dark Side, hopefully, at the end of it. No, I'll tell you what it'll be. It's going to be two hours of Justice League, and then it's the Batman film we wanted, and he just filmed it in secret because Warner Brothers and HBO kept giving him cash. He had Affleck and he had Leighton, and he's like, come on, guys, let's just make this. It's not a secret Batman film. I keep <laughs> telling you. <laughs> Mike, this is my prediction. I reckon, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be two hours of fighting. Sweet. There's going to be an hour of plot, character development, as limited as it's going to be. And then there's going to be the final hour, 50 minutes or whatever. It's just going to be slow motion. (laughs) Can we watch this fucking film now? Yeah, I'll tell you, I've been waiting. All right. Join us in a minute where where we're, we're going to watch this and thoughts afterwards. 
I spent a lot of time trying to divide us. I made a promise to him on his grave. I need to bring us together. There are enemies coming from far away. They serve an old power. This world is divided. No protectors here. No lanterns. No Kryptonium. It will fall in his name. I have turned the worlds to dust. All of existence shall be mine. second chance. I am not gonna waste it. They said the age of heroes would never come again. Fighting the devil and his army. You know, I don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells. He's never fought us united. We have just watched the Snyder Cut and we broke the first rule of Snyder Cut, which is to take a break two hours in. Because <laughs> not only did I need a pee, you also needed a pee. We also needed food. Yeah. Our rations were not plentiful at the start. <laughs> four hours is a long time to go when you're watching a film, but you haven't watched a four hour film in a long time since Lord of the Rings extended. Yeah, like many, many years ago. I'd watched Lord of the Rings extended recently, so I'm okay. But what we should say, pre- prefix this little part of the conversation, is Dave hadn't rewatched Theatrical Justice League, and a few of the bits we were chatting about during the film, I'm like, no, that, that was in the theatrical. <laughs> so, um, Before I- we properly get going, if you haven't figured by now, spoilers. This is your last chance to kind of... Tune out. Literally everything we have to say is a spoiler. Pretty from, much. From the moment go is a spoiler. So like, rate and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or or no. Go watch it, then come back to us and then join us on Twitter for some chit chat. Indeed, indeed. That's that's far better. Mm. It's almost like you, you know what you're doing now. Very very nearly. Very, <laughs> very nearly. So I, I want to start a conversation by going, did you enjoy it? Because initially there was some sighing happening. So here's my thing, right? Right. The first hour, mm-hmm. the pacing is so, so weird. Yeah. I, although kind of when you reach that two hour mark, kind of halfway through it, it kind of starts to connect and things yeah. and you're like... Puts the throttle down. Yeah, the pacing, the, the pacing kind of evens out a little bit more. Mm. But yeah, overall, um, yeah, I hate to say it, but actually I did quite like it. So last night you give it a 6 or a 7 out of 10 or a 2 out of 5 stars. What is your new rating? It's a solid 8. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree. I'm an 8, bordering on a 9. Okay, yeah, I would go 8, 8.5 because it has problems with it, but... 
to be honest, the problems were always going to be there because yeah. it is a Snyder film. Yeah, so you've got fundamental Snyder issues, not necessarily story and the film film issues. You've just got Snyder issues, residual I... Snyder issues. <laughs> I haven't forgiven him for, for Sucker Punch yet, evidently. Yeah. I need to go back and rewatch it, clearly. But um... uh, So I would just like to say that was bloody and brilliant. I really enjoyed that. That lived up to a lot of my hype. And I'm and I'm I've got that that bittersweet taste now of going, I'm never gonna get more. <laughs> I, I want more, but but Ben Affleck doesn't want to. Jared Leto doesn't want to. Ray Fisher certainly doesn't want to. Yeah. Um it... Wonder Woman and uh, Aquaman are doing their own thing. Snyder won't come back and Many of these executives are just fucking idiots. They should have had faith. <laughs> like, granted, if he, when he originally produced it, it may not have turned out like this, because you never know. Time to reflect and going, oh, I can see what went wrong with theatrical, so maybe I can do, in my reshoots, introduce some dialogue yeah. or cause correction. However, that was a good film. So I would like to say I even like the logic of how it started as to all of a sudden why the mother boxes woke up and they're doing what they're doing. Because as far as I recall in the theatrical, they just sort of started working. There's no justification. Whereas in this, they're straight away going, it's Superman's death screen. Yeah. And um, not, not Doomsday. Fake Doomsday kills him. <laughs> and there was that like death thing that made him go, oh, right, shit, we can get down to business. And later on in the film, they elaborate to say, uh, essentially they were afraid of the Kryptonian because Kryptonian's a badass. Yeah. And they went, he's not here anymore. We can get about destroying this planet and doing what, what we want to do. And I'm like, yeah, I liked that. That's um, pretty much what I put. I liked, I really, really liked that it picked up within literal seconds again yeah. of kind of the ending of Batman vs Superman, like Batman vs Superman did with Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Because I, I really liked those moments kind of seeing where all the characters are at certain yeah. moments mm-hmm. and and things like that. My 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 first issue. Not long after that, when when young Batman is travelling to go meet our boy Aqualad, Aquaman, not Aqualad. Right. Why is it five minutes of travelling? Why couldn't have that been condensed into thirty seconds? Because it was to accentuate these Batman and no other mere mortal as their fishermen said it's been snowing and there's thunderstorms. Nobody could get here. We're cut off from the mainland. And they're like, how did he get here? And he's like, he climbed for three days or five days or whatever. And they're like, bullshit. And then it's like, but you're looking at him that's fucking Batman. Of course he did. <laughs> like, no, I, I, I liked that. And I and that whole interaction in the bar scene, it's very different to the theatrical cut. Yeah. Um, as is how it ends, where you've got these people almost have built up a mythology around him as the Aquaman or whatever it, yeah. they refer to him in his native language and he just sort of disappears into the water blinking and miss it rather than I believe in the theatrical he does this huge like splash into the water and you're like yes, yes yeah, he does that, that's, <laughs> that's no I don't I didn't no just no additionally I liked how they spent more time building up the foreboding to sort of go well everything's okay but it's a little bit off we see a little bit of mourning and then the moment I you were getting into it and I went, no, it was when we just saw Lois Lane moping around for like 10 minutes in the rain. The highlight of the moping in the rain scene was where the newspapers were wrapped in um, 
wrapped in plastic to actually stop them getting soaked through. Because the amount of films I've seen where newspapers are thrown out into the rain to get soaked and you can't read them, I'm like, how do I expect to sell that? This is true. This is um, true. So yeah, that's that's a that's a one out of ten straight away there. Just boom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I honestly think that. The first hour or so, it just seems really, really long. The like I said, the pacing is off. I feel like I could have done without the lowest moping. I feel like oh that yeah, I would, are, I would have cut lowest yeah, moping. I would have just keep... there. Are, there are certain shots where a lot of it could have been trimmed because, I mean, I always assumed it was a Whedon reshoot. Sorry, I'm going to be saying his name a lot this section. The bank robbery scene in the bank so in the theatrical cut there's a bank robbery scene and Wonder Woman comes in to save the day in, doing a, in London in London town where, where everybody talks Cockney and I'm like for fuck's sake stop it that's not how London works I think the like I said I think he trimmed the scenes because you see some people shot I don't believe you see that in the theatrical no. there's a little bit of foul language I think in the theatrical it just picks up them entering the bank and then heard in hostages into the room it cuts yeah. out them murdering a load in that yeah. transition yeah yeah for uh, sure the same with the way that scene ended where she like blows a hole in the building yeah. disintegrating this baddie and I recall in the theatrical that then she went and hid down around rather than chatting to the schoolgirls and the hostages yeah. make sure right I feel that flowed differently I really like that because... It fits with her character. It does fit. She comes across as more badass, and like I say, mm. with, with her chatting to... Because there's the bit I really like from that scene, it's such a small thing, it's the little girl turning around to her going, can I be like you one day? And she goes, you can be anything you want to be, honey, or whatever uh, the line is. I, yeah. yeah, same thing with the character. That's a, For me, that makes me cringe, but it makes perfect sense for the character and at yeah. the same. Whereas I'm like, I just don't mind that in general because I'm like, what? She's going to be a demigod. But that's my internal brain logic going. Yeah. Don't lie to the child. Tell her to study hard or something. <laughs> but she's coming across as more inspirational and not just literally like in the theatrical cut. She's mm. just bamfing all across the room. It's more intricate. And as long with yeah. along with that as well, if it is the same footage that's been used in this uh, longer version, I can tell that actually it goes for the majority of the film. A lot of the film for whatever reason, has been colour graded differently for... We're going to get into technical stuff now. So it's been colour graded differently for the Whedon version as opposed to this yeah. extended version. It's so a lot of... Not as bright. Yeah, a lot of the Whedon stuff, uh, tonally, sort of visually, is a lot lighter. It's a mm. lot brighter. Whereas the Snyder stuff, obviously, he's got his uh, head kind of stuck in late... But it makes sense for everything to be darker because Gotham's a shithole. London is most definitely a shithole. <laughs> um, Central City's a shithole. Everywhere's a shithole. And it makes sense for it to have that done, uh, sort of dark and dingy feel to it rather than being bright and colourful and happy when you're like, no, these places are shitholes. Mm. Like, it makes sense. And the next scene we sort of get is Aquaman meeting up with um, William Defoe. Yes. Uh, William Defoe even. And I'm like, yep. That's brilliant. And it also corrects what was clearly in a Whedon edition of him swimming down to Atlantis, stealing his father's golden shiny armour. Again, different tone because it was bright and shiny golden armour. Yeah. And you're like, well, hang on, that doesn't make sense because he doesn't have that in his later movie. And you're like, that doesn't quite gel. But in this one, the character's name is Falco? Volco, yeah. Volco. 
this goes to him with a trident, you know, this is your mother's, and like an upper, like um chess piece bit of battle armor, and you're like, and he's like, you gotta sort shit out. I really and I liked that. It also shows as well, like I predicted last night, it's kind of really shows you how much the theatrical version influenced a lot of the later films mm. that came out. So in the Aquaman solo film, they basically retcon this this film. And he actually, he's actually, unlike with a lot of characters in in this version, they all have motivation, which is what they were sorely lacking in the theatrical cut. So Aquaman's actually got a reason to not necessarily like the Atlant uh, the Atlantans. Uh, but not to a huge degree, because in the other one, they made him come across as really arrogant and assholeish, and yeah. then they had him uh, do go really light on the humour with the lasso. Yeah, where he sits on it. Whereas in this one, he's he comes across a bit gruff, but not to uh, an asshole degree. Mm. And I think even the Flash calls him out and going, I thought you didn't care. He's like, I never said I didn't care. Yeah. And you're just like, no, I, I really liked how he was put portrayed. Let's get into Steppenwolf. Yes, yes, let's... let's. He look looks up. so much better. He sounds so much better. His voice has definitely been modulated more. That's what you said, that you yeah. assumed that they were going to do. Yeah, when yeah. we discussed it. Many, many episodes ago, yeah. Yeah. You said, are they going to modulate the voice? Which mm. they did. So I've got mm. some... So just for reference to people at home, we've got notes that we've made during the film. And I've written here, I will quote you the exact line I've wrote. Stephen's Wolf's entrance is far more dramatic. He's got a tad 90s, though. Think Lee Field on steroids. <laughs> His physicality is more imposing and a more compelling villain this time around. I'm impressed. Firstly, yes, I agree, but <laughs> I liked his armour. He was getting shot with arrows and he was able to like control his armour to like like almost like tense up his muscles, which caused his armour to ripple and eject like arrows that were stuck in him and stuff like that. The same with his axe, and he just was just far better in sort of every possible way. And throughout this entire film, his character motivation makes more sense that he's um essentially bit um offended dark side in some manner. And he's trying to do this to win his um, respect once again. And he's getting his mother boxes. And he's not communicating with Darkseid directly. He's chatting with like a go-between because he's so disrespected. And the go-between is like, right, well, you, right, status update, essentially. And he's like, <laughs> but I've got a mother box. And he's like, what about the rest? And he's like, we're looking for him. And you can kind of go, look, dude, if, if I was in that position, I'm not really reporting back. I've got one out of three boxes and we don't know where the other two are. <laughs> I'm like, I can kind of see why you've been like put on the ship list here mate mm. um, you're not doing very good in your appraisal Like you need to <laughs> go a bit more but throughout he, he made so much more sense um, especially when a good part way through the film he discovers in a vision once he puts all three mother boxes into the jobby uh, the jobby being the metal plinth where they merge them in that essentially that the anti-life equations on earth and he reports that back to the go-between, and the go-between's like, right, okay, I'm going to have to flag this up to management. This is <laughs> important news. And then Darkseid comes through on the fucking hologram emperor thing, emperor style, to go, you better not be shitting me here. Like, <laughs> and I was on that planet, but I did take an axe to the neck sort of thing. <laughs> and um, and he's like, yeah, it's here. And it's like, well, if you redeem it, if you do these three boxes, you're essentially redeemed. And I'm like, that's brilliant motivation. And also introduces what the MacGuffin is, that... The mother boxes are interesting, but that's not the be your end all. There is a final yeah. step beyond that as to why they're destroying planets. Is to go, right, does this planet have the secret equation on it? No, right, let's go destroy another planet. It's best, is how I understood it at a 
face value explanation. I took it as very similar to Marvel Silver Surfer, as in Silver yeah. Surfer is yeah. the herald of Galactus, and he goes around finding planets for not not the cloud. He's not a cloud, but um, for Galactus, mm. the, the the planet eater to go eat planets and stuff. That's how I took it. Their kind of relationship in this. I think in the comics they may have been. I think it might have been his uncle or his nephew, Stephen Wolf's uh, uncle, possibly, uh, maybe. I don't know. My DC yeah. knowledge isn't very particularly uh, up to date, shall we say. <laughs> you sort of then get flashback to the Amazon Amazonians having sort of taken half a day to prepare a ceremony to light a fucking flare to, to, to send over to the mainland. But then that actually served a purpose that Wonder Woman then could go there, pick up and go, huh. I need to take this to the place and put this in the plinth. And now I have access to the backstory that I can now relay to all the other characters because in the theatrical I knew all of this information but I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he sort of leads up to a cool flashback where she's recount, re, recounting everything to her colleagues. Here is how it is and here's Darkseid but we were able to defeat him before because we had uh, Olympians, we had... Amazonians, we had humans, we had... You had lantern. Had lanterns, thank you. All teaming up to sort them out, you know. And up front you've got Zeus, that is basically King Leonidas. Um, <laughs> but, but the thing, and Wonder Woman has got a lot to answer for, though it turns out that Hades put a fucking axe into Darkseid, and that's what caused him to back off the planet. Like, David Fulis proper fucked him up. It's not. I don't give a shit. It's Ares. It's Ares. No, 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 I don't give a shit. <laughs> Turned up and like proper weak and weakened him and those Greek gods put on a lot of legwork to put him on the back burner. And then she's gone there and killed off one Greek god in the in World War One or whatever. And it's like, you could have done with his help now. Short sightedness. You could have gone, <laughs> We need some god power here, you know? It's interesting. We're gonna talk about the boom tubes. Let's talk boom. Let's talk boom tubes. I, now I can't remember how they visually looked last time round, but I think this time round they definitely made them look more tuby and artificial rather than just being a beam of light. They had like little hexagons and stuff in them. Oh yeah, yeah, for right. sure. Didn't last time were they not just a yellow light or they something? They were. They were blue, wibbly wobbly light. It wasn't yeah. particularly detailed. So the detailing on them is really cool. But what I was going to bring up is I kind of wish that Suicide Squad leaned more heavily into them because with the scene in charge spoilers for Suicide Squad, I might cover it in an episode, I might not. Uh, towards the end of Suicide Squad, the Enchantress, when she's making the big beams of light out of the building, mm -hmm. in the original version, those were supposed to be boom tubes. Um... And I was kind of hoping that they'd leaned more heavily into it and I'm now wondering whether the success of this film is going to make them release the quote-unquote hashtag release the air cut. Only if it has more Captain Boomerang. <laughs> Speaking of more, the thing I really like about this, I can see why Ray Fisher was pissed. They cut so much of his character here. Oh, God, yes. And he comes across as far less of a whinging teenager, and it shows him have an arc. It shows um, internal monologue where he's visualising stuff of how he works um, integrating with machinery and stuff. And I was like, why have you cut so much of this? He's he's damn near integral. Arguably the same with The Flash. They mm, cut so yeah. much of his stuff and ch changed some of his dialogue. And you're like, 
he really is not a complete wet fish um, through this, but arguably still keeps the scene where he ships himself. And, uh, <laughs> that and was the where, important part, yes. <laughs> when Superman's resurrected from the dead, he like looks around and you still see him ship himself. Like, oh, fuck! We both laughed because we didn't, we weren't expecting it. I, I mean, I thought that was a Whedonism because uh, that feels so typically Whedon. Yeah. And you were saying about the stuff with the Flash and the Cyborg, though, it's a lot more yeah. fleshed out. And you've got to think that given that Warner Brothers were going to spin solo films out of his out of this mm. big team art film. It's an interesting approach that I think really could have worked in Warner Brothers' favour. Yeah. You know, as it was so different to the Marvel approach, even the Aquaman stuff, like, leading to his joining of the team and such is good. It's a really... I really like the approach that they were going to take, and it's a shame that we're not going to get it anymore. Well, and it absolute, and absolutely boggles the mind that they've cut all the cyborg stuff, because he's like the emotional core of the film. Yeah. He is the one personally invested in all of these mother boxes, because essentially mm-hmm. he's made from the he's mother boxes. He's made from them, he can talk to them. Yeah. He understood that the mother boxes feared the Kryptonians, yeah. and what their motivations were, and how... So this is the thing. So really the film starts to diverge as soon as they um, come together after saving his father, Joe Morton. Yeah. Firstly, the Flash interaction is different. Rather than being told, save one person, you'll figure the rest out. And whether the line was in the Whedon car. Yeah. Um, is actually, it wasn't that. He was just more involved from the get-go and he wasn't such a wet blanket in that fight. He wasn't such a wet blanket throughout the entire film, yeah. actually. He actually came across really, really well. Mm. Because I remember watching the film and I was like, this is the, yeah. the theatrical cut this is. I remember watching it going, well, he doesn't really do anything. He's just there as a battery. Arguably, he's still a battery in this film. But during the fight, the the tower, mm. where he has to run, he dodges the bullets and stuff, which is a really cool move. And you see him kind of moving. Yeah. And he's attacking the people. He's helping getting the, uh, the hostages outside and stuff. He actually contributes. You, you're going to talk about the moment where as the tower's coming down, it's about to crush like five or six people. And you see him, rather than move the people really quickly, which I've always said will cause whiplash and much yeah. damage to them, it's actually pushing the rocks out of the way as they're falling to yes. save the people. Oh, my God, Rather yes. than the other logic of the TV show going, I'm going to grab you and move you really quickly and not cause any damage to you. Uh, your puny human body because I've got metahuman here then it's not too much of an issue for me but for you I'm going to like cause proper issues the same as when he saved Iris who actually appears in this film in the car accident yeah. rather than drag her around he just sort of tucks her arms in and moves her towards the floor so she can like commando roll away from like this um, Resident Evil 2 car uh, truck driver oh god the truck driver can get in the bin god he was eating a burger and everything it was horrendous wasn't yeah, it yeah he needs sacking like who drops a burger in their vehicle and then goes what I'll do for the next 20 seconds is try take my eyes off the road whilst driving a heavy goods vehicle to try and reach this burger and I can clearly tell before dropping a burger I'm coming up to an interstate <laughs> yeah you why just, don't you just, just wait don't. the 20 seconds yeah. and then pick it up and then yeah. eat it if you yeah. really have to yeah it's just like come on get mm. with the program so I, re- I thought that was really cool one of the other things I liked as soon as actually the battle started where they went to under um, the harbour was the metal music coming in. You started to get more of the action music come in for the battle rather than it being the theatrical cut. Yeah. The music. They had this whole overlay of metal music. Even, I think I must have looked at you when the metal music started when they're walking in. I'm like, ooh, ooh. I've, I've actually got that in my nose here. I've put, I really like the score. Yeah. Because I think the theatrical version is Hans Zimmer. 
uh, quotation, citation, very much needed. I believe it is. Whereas this one is uh, Junkie XL. I don't know his actual name, but you've got, he's scored Man of Steel and uh, Batman vs Superman. It's the consistency. Yeah, so you get the the swells when they're talking about uh, Superman. You get mm. the very very cool heavy metal kind of stuff when Batman's kind of tooling up and things like that. And on top of that as well, you you get the Wonder Woman, the amazing Wonder Woman kind of lick. Mm. For for lack of a better word, because that's what it is. It's, it's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For what yeah. for what it is, yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, and I'd say throughout Batman's more consistent, and he doesn't do sad Batman. Throughout, he's he always leads the team. He doesn't defer to anybody really, um, and he doesn't go. Oh, we have to save him because blah 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 and blah blah blah. Whereas actually, they have a group discussion upon. Getting the mother box back with Cyborg. And Cyborg does contact stump to go, look, this is what the mother boxes are and how they interact. And they were scared of Superman. And they all go, scared of Superman. And then Barry and Cyborg do some science talk about molecules and how the mother boxes work and they can reconstitute things. Then they use a dumb it down analogy for everybody else about if you burn a house down, the house molecules turn to smoke. But conversely, the mother boxes could turn the smoke back into houses. And they're like, yeah. there you go. Oh, so we could bring Superman back, basically. That was for Ackman's purpose, I think. Um, <laughs> I think so. But they come to a group con- uh, decision of going, look, we could probably take Steppenwolf, but he's not the big bad here. It's the guy above him we need to be worried about, and we can barely take Steppenwolf. Whereas yeah. I said my issue with the theatrical was they had Steppenwolf. Though. He wasn't an issue for them. Yeah. Uh, they, they didn't need Superman for that. Whereas with this, they're like, yeah, clearly if the mother boxes are scared of Kryptonians, we need a Kryptonian. And they yeah. come to a group decision, we'll use this to revive Superman, rather than, oh, we should bring him back because cause I'm sad about a man and I, and I miss him. I promised him. Yeah, and both our mums are called Martha, so <laughs> I, need, I needed him back. Um, and then they go essentially and take the steps to revive him. And then I thought it was brilliant where throughout you get additional scenes, Joe Morton's character who plays Cyborg's father... And yeah. sort of shows him doing sciencey stuff, and throughout he keeps talking about this high density laser and 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 stuff. And if you superheat metal, um, the inside of it's really warm, like warmer than the center of the sun. And I'm sitting there being thick, going, "Yeah, what's 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 your issue here?" And it's not until they decide to revive Superman that that sort of makes sense. You know, they go through the logic of, "We'll revive Superman. We need the Flash to run super quick to revive him." Q one of the first, well, one of the better deleted scenes reinstated where Cyborg totally has a dystopian future vision. Yeah. Where, was... where literally they're about to realise Superman, he sees dystopian future and it's like, and he sees Superman crying over the, like, a ska, uh, skeletal remains. Yeah. And like dark type in his hand on his shoulder and you're like, oh shit, this is totally going on along the lines of injustice where Lois has died. Because who else would it be? It'd either be her or Martha. Yeah. And he's been manipulated by Darkseid to go on a rampage. I think you see Wonder Woman in like a funeral pyre. Yeah. All the Amazonians there looking and then Darkseid just standing on like the, the like a, a ramp on a dropship just watching yeah. it like, yeah, I'm good at this. <laughs> and like, then it cuts to like Darkseid having like speared Aquaman into a wall. Yeah. And you're just like, fucking radical. This, this film... It was really violent. I yeah. what it yeah, 
it was really surprising. Um, it's quite nice in a way because yeah, it's totally that's what I wanted. well, it's totally different from the Marvel stuff. I mean, yeah. I, for me personally, I've always felt that the DC, even with the comics, have a more the more grounded in reality, shall we say? So the grounded in reality in terms of the unhappiness, whereas Marvel's based in real locations and is grounded that way. Yeah. However, it always tends to have a light-hearted feel, whereas DC is not necessarily in real-world locations. However, it's dark and gloomy and miserable. You go, your best moan character had both of his parents murdered as a child. You know. Yeah. And so, what well, they I think they all it's, have relatively sad backstories, but it makes it more real-world. It's like an edge lord version of Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I like it for that. Yeah. But yeah, this whole vision that Cyborg has and then the whole time Barry's going, I'm going to have to run really fast. And I'm like, yes, time travel, time travel. Come on, come on. Because I think in the scene before that, Batman was chatting with Wonder Woman and he was going, I once sat here and Barry appeared to me in a vision. And I'm like, yes, he's going to do it. He's going to travel back in time and say the thing to him to make the thing happen. <laughs> and then he didn't. That Superman revives and like blasts straight out of the thing. They don't see him inside the ship as such. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting when they're wheeling his body through the coffin, how all these suits kept popping out of the walls. The ship knows he's here. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. I it, like that. It it made me laugh because I was thinking all the way through, just the Flash is pushing the coffin. Yeah. And he's not exactly... Super strong. <laughs> yeah. He's not exactly super strong. He's quite... He, I mean, if you've ever seen Ezra Miller, he's, he's, he's lean... Yeah, but he's not like. Yeah. Would he be able which, to push it? Really, which, which <laughs> makes sense for him playing a flash. You don't want a huge bulky dude. You want someone yeah. lean because speed, and he's going to have a fast metabolism. So realistically, he's going to be like um, a lot of long distant runners. He's going to be slim. Yeah, he's going to be lean and mean. Yeah. Um, so while we're talking Superman, I've got yeah. here in my notes when when he reappears. I've got mm. here in my notes. I'll read it to you verbatim. Henry Cavill is fucking great, and he. Yep. <laughs> He's great, isn't he? He is a fantastic casting choice as a yeah. Superman. And that's Come why out. he wants to come back as Superman. I want him to come back as Superman. I can't be the only person who wants him back as Superman. He wanted to do the cameo in Shazam, but it was a scheduling conflict. Otherwise, he would have cameoed as Superman at the end of Shazam. Oh, really? Well, he was down for that. It was just a scheduling conflict. And I'm like, fucking postpone Shazam filming and get him in. <laughs> like... And I'll tell you what, we did skip in the literal scene before that. Yeah. Martian Manhunter going oh, up to God. Sad Lois to be yeah. like, you need to get back in the world. And I was like, wait, what? What? Why has he got? Re- why has Martha got red <laughs> eyes? He pierced her as Martha, and it's like, why is? Why has he got red eyes? Then he transformed into something, and I'm like, what's that black shit? And I'm like, oh fuck, it's Martian Manhunter. Unfortunately, with with the day and age of the internet, I knew this was coming. So seeing your face was absolutely yeah. priceless. I did not see that coming. <laughs> I knew that they'd said in interviews in years gone by that the original intention was to have the actor that played the general in Man of Steel to be Martian Manhunter. Mm. But I wasn't aware that it was the intention. This film is, is where he was to appear. And they're like, okay, that's a nice little thing. And he sort of leaves there disguised as Martha, encouraging Lois Lane to get out and about, which is what lures her to go to the yeah. monument, rather than it being a bring out the big guns. Yeah, that was that was the um yeah, we, we kind of spoke about that during the film, didn't we? Yeah. We said, Oh, he's gonna say bring out the big gun now, yeah. isn't he? 
Yeah. And then he didn't. And then she just ran out of nowhere. And it was, okay, this now makes sense. Motivations. These characters have actual motivations. Yeah. They have development. Uh, they also did, in logic stuff, to go, why Batman... He's, he, um, Alfred had modded his gauntlets to absorb like um, Kryptonian energy, which is how he was able to fight power troopers and absorb energy blasts into yeah. his gauntlets. But then also, in his thing, Superman eye blasts him and he absorbs it into both of his gauntlets, destroying them, arguably. But like, that makes more sense, rather than Superman seeing him and going, oh, if I so much as touch this guy, he's dead. As to say... So, I'm just looking through my notes again. I've just put... Um... Wonder Woman learns stuff from the fire. This makes sense. It all makes sense. Snyder kind of knew what he was doing. And it's all in caps lock. Wow. Well, he did. He did. And and honestly, like, uh, even, like, the additional Alfred scenes I love, where it just shows him doing more DIY on tech and and all the building of stuff and just um, being much more... um, Sarcastic. Sarcastic. (laughs) I love his sarcasm just throughout. Um, Especially where they he brings everybody down to the back cave and he just looks at them all like, What the fuck are you all doing here? He doesn't have friends, what's going on? But it made me laugh when um Batman goes, Oh yeah, this is my this is my master, I, I serve this guy. Because <laughs> the Flash just looks at him using a silly wave on the way past and that. And uh, Aquaman's like, Cool place. <laughs> it was the yeah. tea thing that got me, the um oh, when when yeah, Diana's when, making yeah, the tea. Yeah, He's like, no, 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 it's fine, I can do it. He's just, no, 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 it's it's fine, no, no. He's like, yeah, yeah you need to leave that for a couple of minutes. Let, yeah, let yeah, the tea yeah, leaves yeah, mash. Yeah, yeah, it was like, um, no, you need to put the water in first. And she's getting a huge heat spoon of tea. And she's like, no, 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 not that much, not that much. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, he, she's like traumatising him trying to make it's, tea. And it was just, yeah. It's the little things like that yeah. that really, you know, kind of added to the characters and things. Most definitely. So uh, going back to Superman now. Mm. Uh, this is probably going to be a point of contention with you. Yes. I like the look of the black suit, but ultimately it doesn't do anything. It's not like it's a regeneration suit or anything no. like that. It, it it just annoyed me. I think signifying thing to go, he's back, he's got Superman's memories now, however, he's not quite all there. Because mm. if they're saying with the dystopian future stuff... Superman goes crazy and murders everyone even if he was 100% himself even if Lois did die he wouldn't go full on murder everybody, he'd be upset arguably but he would not go for... and that teases back to the end of it where he turns up to Steppenwolf laser beams one of his fucking horns off <laughs> yeah. punching him around and then he's got him pinned on the floor and he's just wailing on him laser beaming him, punching him I'm like I can see why he's not quite all there, he's got him pinned but that showing his enemy's down, but he's still hitting him. And I'm like, yeah. that shows that he's not quite 100% in control. So I took the black suit to signify okay. darkness. So when he comes back from in the 90s from the Death of Superman yeah. storyline, he wears like a black suit, which is essentially the regenerator yeah. suit, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's both. Knowing how much Snyder's about imagery and stuff like that, I think it's also to signify he's not quite back because when he initially revived, he had no memories at all. Yeah. Then a little bit of sort of Q and A time with Lois on the farm brought back his memories. But then Australia, he's like, these guys brought me back for a reason. I need to find out what's going on. But the way that he treats Steppenwolf is like, yeah, he's down. Because even if you go back to Man of Steel where he kills Zod, 
he was so distraught about killing his odds. You know, yeah. he really didn't want to do that, ignoring all of the internet jokes about that. He did not want to do that. Whereas this one, he was happily being on that big dude. And he like, <laughs> yeah, he was, wasn't he, he? He, he was, the guy was down, out cold, and he was like punching on him and like laser beam and then punching him some more. And you're like, I'm enjoying that. However, that shows that he's not quite fully under control, which yeah. I think makes sense based into what they were going to do with future films. So I don't know what they alluded to. Yes. That he's not quite 100% with it, that maybe something from the mother boxes has corrupted him or something's a bit missing, especially when uh, later on in the film they keep going, well, Lois is the key. And that's yeah. the message when he came back, I'm like, he's clearly missing or lacking something. There's some sort of corruption there. Yeah. Um, which yeah. I, I, I like the logic of. A few more of the things I wrote in my notes that then they gear up to go to the final battle. Superman's more or less on his way after having a chinwag with Alfred, which I liked. Yeah. Master Kent. Is <laughs> <laughs> that they go to to do the final battle. Batman's flying in, in a dropship to blast through this cocoon thing. No hostages. That was completely a Whedon thing. There was hostages in the Whedon thing and Flash is running in and out, saving them one by one yeah. at the end of the film. None of that here. Batman straight in, blows a hole through the thing, crashes the ship into the thing, uh, into a spire to bring down the entire protective dome so everybody else can get in. And then you have like a 20-minute sequence of them battling their way towards where Steppenwolf is. Yeah. I'm like, this is good. You've got the Flash doing stuff. You've got the Cyborg doing a hell of a lot of stuff. They all, they're all doing stuff. E- yeah, they're all equal footing. Whereas, I'm going to keep making comparisons to the Marvel because it is the more modern equivalent of this kind of film, even though you've got like Hawkeye and you've got Black Widow, even they get sidelined for if you watch uh, like the original Avengers, shall we say? Yeah, they can only do so much. Yeah. He's got little pew pew guns. Yeah, and Hawkeye's. And yeah, and he's from a distance sniping, fine, fucking camper, but yeah. it makes sense because they're the humans. Whereas in this one, Batman, he's leading the fucking charge. <laughs> His spaceship's down, he's into his car, he's got guns going, his car's down, he ejects. He then steals a rifle, he's taking out aliens. Then he goes to a battle cannon, takes them out, drops a bomb on it, blows up the battle cannon, works his way to the next cannon. I'm like, he's doing all of the legwork here so they can make that frontal assault. He's doing uh, video game stuff. Yeah, and, and, and that's why I like that they cut the scene which shows Batman being human where they cut the scene from the weeding cut, where in between two of the battles, he's taken off his arm and he's covered in bruises, and he's like, I can't keep doing this, this was why I was bringing you all together, and I'm like, that's not Batman. Yeah. Batman could be physically broken completely, and he would still be going. <laughs> like, that. that's that's Batman, like, we've, we've seen Batman do that, and I really like that he was the driving force. Like, mm. he's, okay, he's like the only human there, but he was giving good, even when he was like, fighting paratroopers, he was doing like, martial arts on them and stuff, yeah. Um, close quarters combat to disarm them and things and I'm like yeah this is what he, he he was leading which is what you want so I think we kind of touched on it when we were watching it obviously not on the podcast I was saying that it seems like the the fight in the sewer mm-hmm. and then the final fight in Russia we think they may have been combined possibly for the theatrical cut there's definitely something about the hostages. Because, yeah, there, there was something that seemed off, and I really don't recall there being them going to Russia in the theatrical cut and then doing the underwater, like the suicide. I don't they, honestly remember it. They did, but there was definitely hostages in Russia, which 
makes no sense. Yeah, but I thought the hostages were um, Cyborg's dad and... Uh, yeah, there was three, yeah. There's three or four that, uh, that they're interrogating. Yeah. Plus, I like how they interrogated them. Well, yeah, um, they, they had a spider on their head. They had a spider, same with the Atlanteans. They were interrogating them in that manner when they stole them from the ocean. You know, like, yeah. This all makes sense. And again, with, with Atlantis, when they stole the cube from there, you've got Mira clearly saying the king's a dickhead, he's trying to stoke war. We've only got four guards here on this ancient MacGuffin that he wants. Mm. Like, so little guards. Firstly, the Steppenwolf can boom tube in, get the bloody thing, but also, like, Arthur Curry Ackerman can swim on in and he's an outcast and not wanted. Like, there's yeah. no way he should be able to get this close because I'm going to assume that that vault must be somewhere within the inner city of Atlantis to a degree. Yeah. And that just feeds into what would be the sequel for Ackerman of going, the king there's clearly a dickhead. Yeah, and, he, and, he, and he's yeah. and he's not focusing on the right things here. Again, like I said, it's such a shame that they didn't go with this because the ways they could have spun out the solo mm. films could have been so that we could have had such a different Aquaman film because the Aquaman film we got, as good as it is, don't get me wrong, I, I really do like that film. I like the aesthetics and things it was going for, but it could have been so different. Yeah. In regards to, like I say, what we got. i tell you what I did miss. This is going to be controversial. Okay. Controver- what I did miss from the theatrical cut. Yeah. Matt's now looking at me with worried eyes. What, is this going to be a terrible analogy again? No, it's not going to be a terrible analogy, I promise. I missed the red sky during the final fight. Because in the theatrical cut, when they're in Russia, all the sky is red because... Generally, in DC Comics, the red sky is an indicator of a crisis-level event. So, crisis, for those at home who don't know, are big team-up crossover events mm-hmm. that affects the status quo majorly of the the current slate of books that are out at the so, moment. So, I think I can comment on why that was there in the theatrical cut. So, they were reusing certain shots, and that was from the Red Dome before Batman brought it down. I mean, possibly, And I yeah. reckon that's what that is. More so, than likely. So they go, we'll add red onto a few takes, and then we don't have to colour code all of these takes. Yeah. And I think that's what it was. But either way, I, I, I like that little nod in the theatrical one, because even though, like you said, it can be explained away I, by the I fact... I think it was purely accidental. It probably is accidental, but again, knowing Whedon and how much, you know, he's a comic book writer and... General piece of shit, I might add, by the way, because he is. Um, he does know his comics. He yeah. does know his comics. Yeah. That's the thing. So you have to take it as it was a reference. Yeah. Within that final battle then, Cyborg's there ripping apart the Mother Cube, chatting to it, and it's using some bullshit to distract him. Mm. Um, going, um, we can make you whole again. And he's using his internal logic to rip these three things apart. Yeah. Whilst Wonder Woman and Aquaman mostly got Steppenwolf distracted, with Superman comes up and cuts his fucking ear off and like <laughs> pummeling him, and it's great because you've got the Flash doing loops to build up enough electrical current to give this thing the final jolt. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is when he's going to time travel. He's building up the juice. He's building up the juice, and then he got shot in the side. Yeah, and he was down, and I'm like, oh fuck, but he's down and out for the camera. He's like, I need a few more seconds, and it's like, ah, oh, he's got a advanced healing so they're addressing that thing he's going for a few, few seconds yeah he's wound will heal up but at that time 
boom tube opens and you got like fucking dark side there, some human chick who I didn't recognise and some ugly alien dude just looking through this shit pan. Ha, huh, everything's gonna explode and they're all sort of looking at him and Superman's still waiting, not step them all from this point. <laughs> You know, okay, is he going to step through? Or are they going to go through there? What are they going to do? Because initially I thought, the mother, the mother box is going to explode. I assumed they were going to push him through and blow up his planet. Yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen. Um, Avengers style. Yeah. That's not what happened. Um, technically, they, they lost. It went boom. But the Flash activated his, I'm going to have to go faster than the speed of light thing. Is there an, anal- an analogy you would like to use for that? No. <laughs> he, he literally then went, I'm going to have to break the rule and go faster than the speed of light. I don't quite know why that's a rule, but it's a rule. It's but obviously a self-made rule because we're establishing at this point that they're obviously... Well, he has a suit when Batman finds him, so you have to assume that he's been operating in Central City for uh, some amount of time. I think he'd been making that by stealing bits to make it, but based on him just being out in the casuals normally and he's burning holes in his shoes and yeah. destroyed a pair of the shoes and that, I'm assuming he was doing no superhero and all. He was just doing, do something of his present rather than actively seeking out things to resolve. Okay, yeah. That's how I was pulling that vibe. So he'd been making this thing, but hadn't really worn it anywhere or done anything with it. Yeah. And that's why I was like, hmm, okay. But then he's like sees the explosion and he like goes into like um the speed force essentially yeah to to, to essentially freeze time enough to then go fuck I'm gonna have to run towards this really quick to like reverse time slightly I'm assuming that's what he's doing he's running so quick he's gradually reversing time I'm like right yeah, yeah. and I think I turned you on yes fucking time travel's happening <laughs> um, but you only time travel like five seconds enough to reach Cyborg to. Give him the zap to be able to pull the cubes apart. Give Superman enough time to pull the three apart, which then give, I think it was Aquaman long enough and Wonder Woman long enough to like spear fucking Steppenwolf, cut off his fucking head and throw him through the portal to A- Dark Side. Aquaman impales him with the yeah. trident, yeah. lifts him in the air, yeah. throws him. Yeah. Wonder Woman goes. I need to get me some of that, and then yeah. probably leaps in the air and cuts his head off. Yeah, and it just rolls at ste- uh, <laughs> to Darkseid's feet, and he just stumps on Steppenwolf's decapitated <laughs> yes. head. Just yeah. looking through these things, all the heroes are turned to look at him, and you just like, and you could tell he was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then does he? Then was it? He says um, his assistant says, "Well, what are we going to do now?" He's like, "We'll do it the old-fashioned way." Which I think means oh, I was going to fucking fly there. Yeah, I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, I don't know. Why don't you boom tube like your spaceship? So I guess there's a size limit or something. I don't. I Power don't know. limit. Maybe you can only takes a lot of energy to do that amount of tubing. And Steppenwolf was able to do a lot of that once he got the mother box, first mother box in his possession. Yeah. Perhaps. But I was like, that's cool. But we're not going to see it. Yeah, we then hit the epilogue. Where we get the scene we'd already seen where Batman buys back Martha's house because he brought the bank. That's his superpower. He's rich. He, he's he told rich. us earlier in the film. Yeah, he told he's us earlier in the film. I'm like, yep. Yeah. Seen that scene, I like that. Okay, cool. Which I always assumed to be a Whedonism because that seems like such a Whedon thing to do. Yeah, but it wasn't so light-hearted and funny. It was more just Bruce Wayne going, oh, I brought the bank. Sort yeah. of a throwaway comment, which fits more with the humour yeah. of the thing. You then, what did you then see? Wonder Woman, she was, she picked up the arrow again, hadn't she? And she was just looking at it. 
Yeah, she was at back at the um yeah. the, and I, and the I assume that she was kind of thrown up back with a success story to Femiscara, but maybe they intended in the sequel to go, it's about fucking time you went home. Yeah, possibly. To like go, hey hey, hey, here's a TV, here's a cell phone, you can get some you can get like BBC News here or something called CNN just to keep you up to date on what's going on in the world of man. Yeah. Um, sort of thing. You get then see the flashback in Central City speed running, having a happy time, just running around chilling. Yeah, he's um, quite happy. Yeah, he's quite happy and like, good, that's set up for his film. Cyborg just ditches his clothes and accepts his identity and he's like flying around being happy. Yeah. What else did we see? So then we've got the scene we've already seen with Lex Luthor and um, Deathstroke on the boat and yeah, his name's Bruce Wayne. Clearly that's going to cause some but fights. That, but, that scene, didn't happen. but that scene wasn't in the... The theatrical cut. It was. So I read it. It was. No, I've, no, seen, no, no. I've seen that scene before. It's in the theatrical no, no, cut. No, 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 no. So the theatrical cut, one side of it was complete. One side of the conversation was actually completely refilmed for it. They, they cut the bit where he said his name is Bruce Wayne. They cut that, but then on top of that, there's a whole. I can't remember if it's the Deathstroke side they cut or if it was the Lex Luthor side. They cut one side of it and refilmed it to right. make the sequel film. To be the Injustice League, where Lex Luthor right, forms his own okay. team, right? As opposed to what this scene was yeah. doing was setting up the now cancelled Ben Affleck's Batman yeah. film. Okay. Yeah, his name's Bruce Wayne. Now you can get him whenever, whenever you want. Yeah, it was ah, that is interesting information. Yeah, yeah, we're bros now. Yeah, um, which then cuts to Batman in dystopian future. Yes, and I'm like, fuck yes, yeah. so you got Batman there, you got Mira there, you got Flash there. You've got Cyborg there, and then you've got Deathstroke there, and then guess who else you've got there? Fucking the Joker there. The Joker there in, like, a SWAT vest. And it was just, like, this huge sequence of going, fuck, basically, they've implied in the dialogue that Superman went crazy and destroyed the world, and they fucked up, and they now need to do something, which clearly is sending the flashback in time through some mechanism happening in the city. It must be a PowerPoint or something there. Yeah, for him to get enough traction to tra- travel back in time to say Lois Lane is the key, which I think means don't let her get horribly murdered. I think so. Or for her then to have another conversation with Superman about saying to fix whatever's wrong with him so he doesn't go murderous if she dies. Yeah. Um, because they showed her with a pregnancy test. Maybe she dies during childbirth or something because abstract as that. I just love that end sequence where then the Batman's talking to the Joker and he's saying, like, he's threatening him and he's like, well, you know, when I killed Harley and stuff like that, or um, Harley died in my arms and she made me promise to kill you slow or something, you know. Oh, uh, I loved it. Yeah, that end scene. For yeah. what was not originally going to be in the Snyder Cut, this is the film, this is yeah. the scene that yeah. is talked about They part of the reshoots for mm. the Snyder Cut. Which... Fucking good reshoot. It, yeah, very, very good. Leto, surprisingly, even though he's not he's not great in Suicide Squad, he really manages to redeem himself in this. He, yeah. There was a lot of... It was these small things, kind of, that he was doing. The laugh isn't as... Yeah, it wasn't as crazy as yeah. it were. But then, arguably, you're going, during a dystopian future, they're a little bit preoccupied. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of like, I'm helping you because what else am I going to fucking do? And also, you're my best friend. And he keeps calling Batman Bruce because yeah. clearly the information Lex Luthor drop is a motivating factor in everything. Yeah. That Batman's no longer got a secret identity. Well, arguably, his secret identity is Bruce because he's just Batman. 
There's my secret identity. Um, you know, so that whole sort of thing, and you're just like, oh, so they're sneaking into the capital to send the flashback, and then you like, they get this whole back and forth, and then just Superman fucking lands, and they're like, <laughs> oh shit, he found us. And his eyes like light up red, and you're like, Oh, yeah. then he cuts and like Bruce Warren wakes up in bed and like, holy fuck. And then he like, hears a noise approaching him. And I'm thinking it's Superman because he's just re-entered from the sound barrier, you know? Yeah, yeah, Steps yeah. outside and it's Martian Manhunter like, I'm going to help you guys. But if I was Bruce at that point, I would have, I've just had this fucking terrible vision of the future. Let's chat about this. No, don't come back in a little while. <laughs> come in, have a coffee. Let's talk about this shit. It's, I keep seeing the future. And this shit is scary. We need to like brainstorm this out. And then Marshall Manhunt could have been like, I have mental telepathic abilities. And he would have seen that and gone, oh, fuck, we need to do something about this. <laughs> but because it's a film, they don't do that. But I was like, what a brilliant way to end that. And I'm like, I just hope, and I know it won't happen, that so Warner Brothers funny. goes, you've made us a fuckload more money, Zach. Would, would you like to come back? And then, and then they go to Ben Affleck. Here is lots of money. Okay, yeah. You think that's a lot of money. Now here's some even more money. Right, you think that's a lot of money. Here's some more money. And also, we'll let you direct 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 films, wherever the fuck you want, you're coming back. Because he'd come back to do the reshoots. If he was that done with Batman, and I think I'd even read, I think I told you this, that he'd agreed to come back to make an, an appearance in... Or it was either going to be the Shazam sequel or... The Acro- no, the Flash film. He'd yeah. agreed to come back yeah. from that. And we were like, well, we thought the whole reason they'd cast Keaton was that you don't see Batman, Flashpoint happens, he comes back and then it's Keaton as Batman. But maybe not. Maybe, well, arguably, at the end of Flashpoint, we don't quite know what's going to happen, whether Keaton's just going to be there as Flashpoint Batman, perhaps, which would be interesting, because I could see him doing that. And, and whether or not when he comes back, there's a completely third different actor of a younger age playing Batman that isn't Twinkly Boy, because I wouldn't want Robert Pattinson's Batman coming into the Snyder universe. I kind of want that to be its own thing. It's a Batman coming of age sort of story. And I'd rather than a new actor portraying Batman in what is the remnants of the Snyderverse, as it were. I, I'd rather that. You said about Martian Manhunter at the end of the film. Yeah. Uh, it's recently come out that that was the discussion at the end of the film wasn't supposed to be Martian Manhunter. It was it meant to be? It was supposed to be Green Lantern. Uh, okay. It was supposed to be Green Lantern. It was going to be the John Stewart Green Lantern, and that was going to be how they right. introduced it. But Warner Brothers put the keyboard on it. Went well. We've got our own Green Lantern film coming out. Yeah, and arguably it makes more sense to have it as Martian Manhunter because they've already dropped hints about. Yeah. I'm now going to look up the actor's name, Henry Lennox. Yeah. So they called him General Swanick in Man Still, and then like everybody at the time went, that's Martian Manhunter. Surely he's playing Martian Manhunter. Why is he going along with Superman? Why is he agreeing with him on a lot of stuff? He must know things, and everybody just went, he's Martian Manhunter. So even if this was just wish fulfillment, I don't give a shit. That was quite good. That was quite good wish fulfillment because I didn't expect that. I probably would have been disappointed if it was a Green Lantern come down because I would have been like, where the fuck were you? <laughs> I mean, like, you can turn up this point clearly you can see some shooters going down it's your responsibility to look after this core section of the galaxy like I refuse to believe that we've got an alien body locked up in a lab somewhere that isn't Star Labs at this point <laughs> as if it had been Star Labs he would have just been in the room next door 
Yeah. Like, and, they, and his ring would have been in like a box, trying to escape and bash out of like a box or something. Yeah. That's the only reason why there isn't a Green Lantern. I'm like, no, I can't have that. Because <laughs> otherwise a Green Lantern would just would have been there. Green Lantern would have been like, huh, fuck, I can see some movement happening in that galaxy there. Huh, there's this big shiny fuck of an axe heading to Earth. <laughs> like, that's that's unauthorised boom tube um, use or something. Yeah, space cops. Yeah, yeah. you know, space cops. They would have flagged up on their computer and they yeah. were like, hang on a minute. Dispatch um, Green Lantern of Quadrant, whatever our quadrant number is, yeah. on Earth to sort it out. So I'm like, it makes sense for them not to be a Green Lantern. Does mean if they were going to do a Green Lantern film, they'd have to justify why the fuck Green Lantern weren't present. If they're going, it's a new Green Lantern, where was the old Green Lantern? Is he in between Green Lanterns? Okay, why hadn't the ring found a worthy successor? Or are they going to say the whole time he wasn't on Earth was when he was doing his training? Yeah, it, and that as well with the Martian Manhunter as well. Because the big advertising campaign I, I remembered on the posters was Unite the Seven. Yeah. And with this Snyder Cut as well, it makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. because it's never really referenced in the theatrical cut. They still use the the Unite the Seven thing, but it just, it yeah, it didn't really make sense. No. At all. No. And again, it's like, I really wish the studio had had more faith in Snyder. As we all know now, after the fact, as evidence has come to light, he wasn't dismissed or let go because of the death in the family, which was very sad. They'd actually given him the push before that because they weren't happy with him. Mm. And that's come to light. And you're like, based on what I've seen, they're fucking idiots. Even if it hadn't panned out like this, the way he was setting up these multiple films, yeah, like I like that. This is why I like the DC films, that they're not Marvel. And there's room for both. I like Marvel films, I like Marvel shows. However, DC doing, was doing something a bit different. And I like them for that. Whereas I think I've gone on record to say I didn't really like Shazam. It was all right, but it was nothing special. Why don't I like that? Because it was emulating Marvel. It's been light-hearted and silly. And yeah. I was like, I'm not interested. Then like Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad 2, or whatever the fuck it's called. No, not Suicide Squad 2. It's called um, The Fantabulous Harley Quinn, blah, blah, blah. That's a pro. They took actual steps to distance itself from the Snyderverse. And I yeah. just looked at it and went, that film was a mess. I did not enjoy that at all. Because again, it was moving towards the whole Marvel logic. I think the most un-Marvel thing about it is where Harley Quinn blew up um, fucking matey with a grenade at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Best bit of the film. That. Whereas I look at Suicide Squad 1 and I go, well, that was a bit of a shit fest. However, it was sort of in fitting with everything. So I'm curious to see how Suicide Squad 2, known as the Suicide Squad, <laughs> fuck's sake, what they're going for tonally. Are they going to try and keep that in fitting with the Snyder stuff to carry on? Or are they going in a new direction? Or are they going down the route of emulate Marvel? I think given... The potential potential spoiler for it with the leaked villain supposedly that it is, uh, Matt's now looking very confused. He doesn't know what I'm on about. So the lead villain yeah. supposedly for the Suicide Squad. Skip ahead a couple of seconds if you don't want to know. Is, is it John Cena? No, no, it's Starro. Who the fuck Starro? So Starro is an alien who you'd know him if you saw him, but they've, they've seen things on the posters and on the set visits and stuff. It basically looks like a starfish with a big massive eye on it and he's a, he controls minds and stuff. That sounds fucking awful. That's that's the whisper that the Suicide Squad, possibly the villain, is going to be. But I trust... 
I, I trust James Gunn. Yeah, okay. It could be all right, but if it's too... That's what I mean with the tone. If it goes down the Marvel route, I'm, yeah. I'm not happy with that. If it matches the Snyderverse, I'm okay with that, but they've essentially said this is no longer a thing, so then I'm like, what's almost the purpose of that? No. And if it goes down a new route, I'm kind of okay with that to a point, but then I'm like, sometimes with the shit, you just have to go, no, that's just too much. Yeah. For a, for a Suicide Squad film, it's a simple fucking concept. You got them on the squad because they're expendable. Just put them in a diehard situation. Or like the raid going, you're going into this tower to extract MacGuffin that is not a member of your own team that we've just fucking created. <laughs> yeah. Oh, stupid. I... And you're going in, and I expect to see multiple members of that team get killed off throughout. Like Slipknot did. At the start of the film. Yeah, the only one that fucking did. <laughs> hard, 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 hardly expendable, was he? Like, if he's the only one that died. But the one thing I would say about the new Suicide Squad is I'm glad that Captain Boomerang's back because he was the best character. It's true, Captain Boomerang was the best character in, right. in the original Suicide Squad. Um, but I'm drifting off here. But I, I think my closing thoughts are that was brilliant. I just wish that we could get more of the Snyderverse, even if it goes into, like, pure graphic novel form or something to go, this is how I wanted to conclude it, um, as long as it's good. Or maybe they'll give them another chance or I'll give them smaller projects or... I don't know. It depends what they want to do. Do they want to have an interconnecting universe or do they want standalone films, hence the title Worlds of DC. Worlds of DC. If they want standalone titles, they should recast everybody so there's no confusion. If they recast everybody, I don't want to see the Waynes get killed again. I don't want origin stories. I'm fed up of origin stories. They're unnecessary. For me, I think the Snyder Cut is basically now underlining that era. I know yeah. if that wouldn't have been the final product that would have come out. That would have been... That's literally just size again. Here's... Here, look at all my massive... No, you're not using a terrible analogy. Okay, no. I'm going to take all this Cause, footage... Because what you're saying is a lot of that footage probably would have been... Yeah, a lot Justice of it would have been cut. Part 2 or something. Yeah, a lot of it would have been cut yeah. out whether they use it later down the line for Justice mm-hmm. League 2 or whether they use it whether they didn't use it at all it's just literally them kind of chucking it all in one iMovie project again here check check this out I think honestly the only logical way they can go forwards now is to continue under the Worlds of DC banner do the separate standalone stories and if they must go kind of interconnected then have it which I think is what they're looking at doing with the Flashpoint and rebooting it that way. But I again, I would rather have it under having separate stories under one banner because then you can have the, the Snyder stuff, you can have a coexisting Robert Pattinson Batman yeah. Yeah. and Batman TV series that's going to run concurrently those two at the same time. You're then going to get your um, you're going to get your Black Adams. You're going to mm. get. This Black is the, label stuff, like the Joker. This um, is the thing. I can see Black Adam feeling perfectly in the Snyderverse, for want of better terms. I can see The Rock. I can see that whole sort of character fitting in quite well with what was established. I can't see him fitting in with what was established in Shazam as some happy-go-lucky place. If they want to do standalone things, they really need to differentiate. But I do want Henry Cavill back as Superman. And he well, said he wants to be back as Superman. Yeah, Henry Cavill is Superman. That. But the yeah. problem with that is, that's connectivity. That is the problem, because what they've now done with releasing the the theatrical version that we got is saying that that is pretty much canon now, 
for the rest of the films going forward and the Snyder Not Cut. Not in my book. No. But, but all it would take is a few writers and a few directors to go, we prefer that. We're going to integrate elements of that into our stories and ignore the Whedon thing. And let's face it, the Warner Brothers executives don't read fucking scripts or anything. They just listen to a 30-second pitch. They True. don't They don't read anything. As long as it makes money, they're not going to be too worried. They may just go, do whatever. Ultimately, what they needed was one, not necessarily figureheads like, they needed, uh, they like needed, a Feige. They needed a cohesive vision wrote out in advance. They did, which arguably they did have with the Snyder stuff. Batman vs Superman Ultimate Edition, $872 million US dollars box office. I don't know whether that's incorporating the theatrical cut or not, or whether yeah. that's just total product. I would have thought so. But you go, how can they look at that and go, it's not profitable? The thing is now, with this day and age, uh, well, not exactly at the moment, pre-COVID, it if it didn't... A, if it, it, had, it had a budget of $250 million and it made $870 million. How can they look at that and go... That's not good enough. But again, in this in this day and age of Hollywood, where films will make a billion dollars, if it's not seen, if it's not making a billion dollars, then they don't want to know, and that is on part of the the greed of the studios yeah, and things like that. That's all it's down to is greed. It is greed. Stupid. Yeah. When arguably you go back a further ten years and you sort of go, who wants who wants to watch fucking comic book films? They weren't making any sort of money at all. You go, it was all about um, drama stuff and shitty 90s films and that. that this, uh, so let's have a look. So Justice League made, theatrical made, on a budget of 300 million, it made 650 million. So that one was not profitable when you add in marketing. Generally, rule of thumb, when you look at a budget, it does not include marketing because generally marketing is going to be your same so your budget times itself, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. I think, and obviously with a lot of the course correction they had to do, they would have had to have spent a lot of money on that one. It's interesting. Just checking out this one, the Snyder Cut on Wikipedia just says a budget of $70 million because technically that's what its budget was, I guess. Yeah, because that's all they gave to yeah. for post-production. See, can you imagine? Like, I'm curious to know what this makes. I want to buy this on Blu-ray, but I can't pre-order it yet because I've not... Decided how to do physical stuff yet. I don't even know if it will... I would. I mean, I'd own it. Yeah, I, I would hope when it comes out on, on physical media. Please do it, Zach, by the way. Um, <sighs> I get it in widescreen as well, which is something we need to discuss. This entire film was done in 4.3, and I have no issues with it at all. Didn't bother me in the slightest. Mind you, I've got a big TV. Yeah, it's it's a strange move. I understand why he's done it because obviously he's filmed it in IMAX style for the full yeah. Yeah. for the full picture, which is which is fair. If it's projected in IMAX, then yeah, fine. But on a TV, obviously you're gonna get the blackboarders down the side. It looks a bit odd. You do get used to it, but again, I feel like if you've got, I mean, say like, so we watched it on my screen, which is. 46 inch which isn't the biggest screen and it was fine but if you've got like a 32 inch screen which would be fair size so if that's a 22 you would Matt is now pointing at his monitor so my computer monitor is a 22 you'd look at that and go watching a 4-3 film on that you'd effectively lose that much um, like that's so that you squat you're going to lose a hand span though. you're going to go that's terrible so scale yeah. that up to a 32 inch you'd be like that's pretty poor but above that you go 
I wouldn't mind doing my screen, however, the 4 free presentation didn't bother me at all. Mind you, we grew up in the 90s, we're used to that. True. But even then, you have to think that there will be people out there who see the borders and they will have options on their TV where they will be able to artificially stretch the image. And I think that's going to... They should gonna, not do that. They shouldn't, which they really shouldn't do because you're still going to lose part of the image anyway. And it'll be all stretched and everybody will be in weird shape. I think I think Darkseid will look chunkier than he is and Steppenwolf is going to look like a proper thick boy. <laughs> I liked with Steppenwolf, we didn't mention it, we mentioned his armour. I liked when he bowed down to Darkseid that all of the armour on his head come off and then all of the armour on his upper body come off yeah. to show subservience. Yeah. That to be like... If you want to strike me down, strike me down. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I like that. That's cool. Just, 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 just your <laughs> comment there just made me go, oh, yeah, that's another thing I liked. This is going to be one of those films where over the coming days and weeks, I'm going to be thinking about little bits ago. I really liked that. I liked what they did there. That was cool. I even liked when um, Superman ended back up on the farm. He flew there because it was home. And he sort of has him going for a few of his old belongings. And just sort of gradually taking time to reacclimatise. Whereas I think in the theatrical, they had some alternative dialogue um, and some bullshit. And then Martha pulled up straight away. They didn't go into the house at all. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like it was more or less instantaneous. There was no time there for him to sort of go, oh, this is who I am. I remember stuff. And interestingly, by having the time there for him to reassess, you could also go, that's time enough for a... Uh, evil entity or saying to intercept him whilst he's weakened or saying potentially to influence his mind or someone telepathic perhaps but yeah I don't really have much more to say than if you haven't watched it go watch it and if you listen to us talk about it I hope you've already watched it because <laughs> it was great I just kind of want it on blu-ray now I'm I went in I went in I don't want more I can't have more. I mean, it's a bit of sweet emotion. Yeah. I went in not really expecting a lot. I went in expecting problems, which there are. Don't get me wrong. There are problems with the film. The it's pacing only, it's is... Only, it's only in scenes where Lois Lane's present. Mm. So that though. She doesn't do much other than be mopey. There are, there are problems with the film. The, yeah. the thing itself is too long. Four hours is too long. Arguably, okay. w- arguably, whether it would work as a TV series, I that was going to be my. Question. I don't know. Would I you? Th- do you reckon it would have worked better as a TV series? Because the way he did the books, so sorry, within the film, every hour or so, it comes up with a black screen saying book one or chapter one, part one, part two, part, part one. three. Yeah. If I'd watched part one on Netflix, for example, I would have gone, that's fucking awful because nothing happens and it's just a load of mold moping, I wouldn't have come back for part that's, two. That, that's the problem. As a feature film, like as I've said previously, the pacing is really weird. Mm. It, it gets going, it stops, it starts, it stops, it starts. But then that is also to its merit because it's not trying to necessarily be... Yeah, it's, it's deliberately not following the three-act structure. Yeah, it's deliberately not being a linear story. It's more of a non, non-linear, non not in the same sort of essence as, say, Tarantino or someone like that who basically chops and cuts and puts it all in whatever bloody order he feels like on that day. Yeah. But I think it definitely it fulfilled its brief in showing us what we could have had. 
And again, I agree with you. It's really quite bittersweet because actually... You just quote Bullseye. Here's what you could have had. Bum, 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 yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, <laughs> sad bully. Take it back, bully. Take it back. <laughs> yeah, look at what we could have had. and Speedboat. Yeah, all right. Speed. We could have had the speedboat. We could have had so many different spin-offs. Yeah. We could have had this trilogy of films that were markedly different from its competitors, mm-hmm. which would have been only for the better, really. Yeah. And would I watch it again? If I've got four hours to kill, maybe. I think, with a fan editor now to go in there... Ah, now you're talking. Feeding back to our prior episode, to trim up that first sort of hour and a half to go, key scenes we need, we can trim some of this stuff where it actually doesn't deliver too much. We could have Lois Lane in the rain, rather than me, a 20-minute sequence, could be a five-minute sequence... Or yeah. even to spice it with the other scenes to have them cut back and forth. It's almost yeah. like a montage between them all. To then get to the meat of it maybe might help it. I think so, because like I said, the way it stands at the moment is literally like Zack Snyder's got all of his footage, mm. chucked it in an iMovie project and gone, here, here just, just watch this and this is what we've got. And let's face it, that was the absolute best thing he could do. And I think that's as if he it took this opportunity and didn't whack it all in, I think people would be on the floor. People would be like, yeah. well, where's the rest of it? You, you mentioned offhand to me at Comic-Con at some point, or in the supermarket when I bumped into you, the scene where the Flash saves Iris from a car, and that wasn't in your cut. The fuck are you doing? So he's kind of like, anything yeah. he said to anybody, he's kind of like, I've got to add it. And if you go back to comments made by Jason Momoa going, I've seen the Snyder cut. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the hell it's seen, but I'm like, yeah, I agree with this dude. Yeah. What left is left now of the Snyder Cut is will you be watching Justice is Grey version, which for those at home, if you don't know, is a different version of the Snyder Cut. However, this is peak Snyder being up his own ass, as previously mentioned before. It's all in black and white. And it has a slightly different take on the Joker scene at the end of the film. I... Not too worried about seeing in black and white. What's wrong? What's different about the Joker scene? Different take. I'm assuming it's going to have different dialogue. Does he love? Presumably, I don't know, but presumably it's going to have the line, the meme line from the trailer that wasn't actually in the film. We're a society. We live in a society because that's a thing. Apparently, I don't understand. So yeah, really. Closing thoughts was really enjoyed it. I want more. I can't have more. Matt happy, but Matt sad. (laughs) I think. Yeah, again, like I said, it fulfilled the brief. It, it is a much better film than what we had. That was definitely what I wanted from a Justice League by Snyder. Surprisingly, I, I didn't think I would say that, but I actually really enjoyed it for what it's worth. Again, like you said, with a fan of it, I think it could be even better. But we will see on that front. So I guess all that leaves us now is to say... Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, follow the podcast, like, rate, subscribe. So give us a follow over on Twitter at at anyonepod. You can search for us on the Facebooks. Search for anyone for seconds podcast, you'll find us. Longer rants, rambles, considerations can be sent via email to anyoneforseconds at gmail.com. Keep an eye out 
for the Twitch channel where streams happen with live discussions. Maybe we'll do a live discussion around this if anybody wants to join in. Tweet us and maybe we can schedule that. Yeah, give us a like, rating, review on your platform of choice as it helps us grow the podcast and infect people's ears. He now looks really, really awkward and I'm so glad I made him do that. <laughs> I've got a nervous sweat now. Oh dear. We normally leave you with a clip. What, what are we going to leave people with? What do you reckon? We could totally leave them with some of the new soundtrack. If I can find it online, I think I'll do that. So all that is left to say is... Martha! God damn it. <laughs>